Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in St. Matthew's Gospel, reading there in the 11th chapter, beginning at the 25th verse. At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, and neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends, in Christ Jesus. And it is a beautiful morning, isn't it? And I hope that we are all glad we're alive, and that we appreciate that we can come into God's house and that we can worship him. And I hope also that you feel at home in church this morning. As you heard me mention, today is the 15th Sunday after Trinity. And the text that I just read contains the most amazing invitation that ever fell from human lips. Jesus was in Judea at the time, not far from Jerusalem. He had a group before him. It was in about October, before the following April, when he died on the cross. And as he stood before that group there in Judea that day, he uh, spoke these words. He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I wonder how many of us really understand what he said. This is what he was saying to that group that day. He says, come unto me, all you that are laboring and overweighed with cares and with troubles and with problems. I don't care how you're laboring with them. I don't care how big they are. I don't care how weighted down you feel. But if you will come to me with these problems, well, that upsets you so terribly in your heart and soul. If you'll come to me with these problems that make you so restless, that make you so terribly nervous that you feel like you're going to explode, that you feel like you just can't go on, you don't want to live. Jesus said, if you are laboring and you are so overweighted with that kind of a problem or those problems, that you are so terribly nervous, that life doesn't mean anything. Jesus says, if you come to me, I'll give you rest. I'll take that terrible, horrible nervousness out of your soul. I will take that restlessness, that disturbance, that disquietude, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. I'll give you serenity. I'll give you the feeling that everything is just all right. Everything is fine. And I imagine today when Jesus speaks to you and me and calls to us, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I imagine some of us will say, Oh, to God, if that were only true. If I could really turn to him, and all the loads and the cares that weigh me down, 
that make me so restless and so nervous that I want to fly out of my skin, that I feel like I'm going to explode and I can't go on, and I wish I were dead, that if I come to him that he will take this terrible, horrible restlessness and nervousness out of my heart and he will give me rest. Come unto this morning and say, I would to God that I could believe that. And yet Jesus, he stands before you and me this morning in that tremendous invitation and he says, you come to me. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your problems in life may be. I care not how great they may be. If again they have weighed you down that you are so restless in your soul, you are so nervous that you are about to explode. Jesus says, if you come to me, I'll give you rest. And he assures you and me this morning that he's, he's got that rest to give. And you and I may say, does he? How in the world could he there in Judea stand before the group and say, you come to me with that heart that is so restless and so agitated and filled with turmoil and that makes you feel so terrible and that I'll give you rest. How in the world could he ever say that? No other human being ever spoke that. We may say this morning, does he have this kind of rest to give? The reason he invites you and me to come, and he says, I'll take that terrible restlessness out of your heart, and I'll give you tranquility, and I'll give you peace, and I'll give you rest, and I'll give you the feeling that everything is just right, because Jesus says, I want to assure you that I've got that rest to give you, and you and I, let's look at him this morning. Does he have that kind of perfect rest, a perfect peace, a perfect quietness to give you and me? And in the first place, he would remind you and me this morning that he would assure us that he has this perfect rest of forgiveness for the shame in your life and mine of yesterday. You know, David in the 42nd Psalm when he was so restless and so agitated and again just so nervous that he was ready to fly out of his skin, he stopped and he said to himself, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me, soul? Why are you so restless? Why am I so terribly nervous? He was asking himself. And then he looked at himself. And I wondered if this morning, maybe perhaps that you and I are restless Maybe that we have that terrible nervousness. Maybe it's because when we look back, what we see we don't like. Well, let's look back for a moment. Are we ashamed of yesterday? And to find out whether that's it. Is it a sense of guilt before God? We look at ourselves in the light of the Ten Commandments and God says, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Could it be as you and I look back and we say, I know that God has wanted me to put him first, his will, but I haven't done so. Is it this that we look back and we're ashamed of ourselves? We say, I've done something and I'm ashamed, and therefore this is why I'm restless. And we say, oh, in heaven, always put God first, and we say, taking God's name in vain, could it be that in the past that you and I have turned our back on him and his word, we've stopped praying, we've had no use for him, we have blasphemed him in word and deed, and we have turned away, we've desecrated his holy name, and we've just turned our backs on him. And when we look back, we say, I know why my soul is restless, and why I'm having again the life of the damned 
because I'm ashamed of yesterday. Thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother. Is it when you and I look back, we say, I didn't always treat father and mother the way I should have treated them. I was surly and I was snappy and I sassed. And again, I'm ashamed of myself. Is this the reason for restlessness? Or God says, thou shalt not kill. Is it this that you and I look back this morning? We say, why is my soul restless? Have we been carrying a grudge and hatred? Is there someone we look back and we're ashamed? Say, I've hated his guts for years. And I have no use for him. And we're ashamed of ourselves. And the result is we are laboring and we're overburdened with troubles and we say oh god why am i alive this horrible restlessness this nervousness could it be a grudge and hatred that we've had for years uh, thou shalt not commit adultery could it be again that we've kicked over the moral traces of god could it be that we have lived in immorality we thought it was smart and could it be that we look back and we're rather ashamed of ourselves could it be that you had a baby out of wedlock could that be what making you feel so ashamed and so restless? Or could it be that you aborted one, you didn't want one, and so you took a little child's life because you didn't want it, and does it burn you up this morning, and are you filled again with a sense of guilt and restlessness? Or is it this that you broke up a home? Is it this that you didn't care about your kids? You didn't care about husband or wife? You just went on and you look back and you're rather ashamed? Or could it be that you're a homosexual and you've lost control of yourself and you're madly loving the seamy things with somebody of your own sex? Or could it be sodomy or pediastry? What is it? What is it in your life and mine? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Could it just be that there is something we're ashamed of? Thus do not steal. Could it be that we've stolen? We've been guilty of shoplifting. We've taken that which we shouldn't take and we're ashamed. Is this why your soul and mine is agitated? We're about, again, speaking about our neighbor that we've lied about him. We have hurt them and we look back and we're thoroughly ashamed and we say, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? And we pinpoint it and we say, I know why. David looked back into his life and he knew why. Then when we look back and we say, How about coveting and being jealous and being filled with envy toward our fellow man? And again we say, I'm thoroughly ashamed. Jesus stands before you and me this morning and says, I don't care who you are. I don't care what it is, that problem that just eats you up, that brings you such a horrible hell within your soul that you're so nervous you think you're going to explode. Jesus says, if you come to me, I'll give you rest. And you and I say, oh, I would to God he had it. And Jesus says, I've got it. I've got the perfect rest of forgiveness. He would remind you and me that I went to the cross. When I went to the cross, these are the sins that I bore hell for. I knew about your sins that you were going to commit, and I bore hell and damnation for them. I took all that guilt and all that punishment, those things that are driving you crazy, and I bore the punishment for them. 
And I did it for you because I am the Son and I know the Father and the Father knows me. I am no less than God. I was big enough to do it. And on the cross, and when you come to me, I've got a perfect forgiveness. I wash your soul whiter than snow. I take all of that stinking guilt off of your soul and all of that punishment. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be whiter than snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And Jesus says, when you come to me, I don't care who you are or what you are. I don't care what the burden is and you're ready to explode because you're so miserable. You are so restless and you're so nervous. Jesus says, I've got the perfect peace that I gained on Calvary. And not only do I wash your soul whiter than snow in my blood, but I remember your sins no more. I obliterate your guilt and punishment. The memory of what you have done forever from my mind, I will never remember it again. That brings peace and rest, doesn't it? When you and I can say, oh, what a Lord, that he obliterates from his mind that he never remembers what I have done, that he washes it so far away from him that it never comes back to his mind, that brings peace. And then we can say, there is serenity. He does take away this damnable restlessness, this horrible nervousness, and he said, here is my peace. And that's why today when we hear him call to you and me and he says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Then we ought to say to ourselves, I'm going to believe him and I'm going to accept that invitation. I'm going to go to him and I'm going to lay at his foot all this pinpointed stinking stuff. I'm going to lay it and I'm going to ask him for the rest of forgiveness and I am going to do it and I'm not going to turn on him and look lightly at him because I realize he's the only one that can bring peace to my soul. Jesus says, just, just come and lay them at my feet. Uh, just come and ask me for this peace. Ask me for this rest and I'll give it to you. I will forgive you your sins and you and I may say, well, how can he over there in Judea how could he dare stand before the world and say, I will give you rest? In other words, if you don't come to me, there is no rest. You know, he prayed also, said, Father, I thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent. You know, we've got a lot of wise and prudent individuals in the world who look and say, this is the most ridiculous thing that ever happened. A lowly Nazarene, a lowly Judean standing and saying, you come to me and here is rest and that there's no rest apart from me. Oh, the psychiatrist that isn't a Christian, he laughs at that. He's smart, and God hides these things from his eye. And he says, rest in Jesus, the psychiatrist that isn't a Christian. Here's what he says about rest when you go to him, and they mostly tell us this truth, that most people that go to the psychiatrist have a guilt problem. It's a sense of being eaten up with a sense of shame. What have they got without Jesus Christ? Only this, you've got your halo on too tight. You've got to forget these standards of right and wrong that you were taught from the Word of God. I had one woman in the see me not long ago, and she says, the psychiatrist I went to wasn't a Christian. And he said, you've got to go out and just overthrow the traces. And then he suggested to her, because she was a beautiful woman, why can't you and I have an affair? And this will get away any sense of guilt from you. 
But you and I know that there is peace only through the forgiveness of sins, and peace comes only in Jesus Christ, and that apart from him there is no forgiveness. No one can tell you, I mean, look lightly on it, forget all about it, go on out and overthrow the traces that you have had and your standards because we say, oh no, the word of God has set them up. There is only one way to peace and serenity and to a feeling that all is well, and that is to face the shame of yesterday and to go to Jesus Christ, the only one who brings rest, and to confess it before him and to ask for forgiveness and then and only then does it come. A psychiatrist that isn't a Christian has no answer to restlessness, to that horrible, damnable nervousness in your heart and mind because of being ashamed of yesterday. But when we come to Jesus Christ, then there comes that peace which only he gives. And there comes this experience that having peace, knowing that everything's all right between us and him, uh, then the joy of beginning to forgive ourselves. We ought to be able to start to forgive ourselves. If God has obliterated from his mind forever the stinking things that you and I are ashamed of in the past, let's start this morning to forgive ourselves. If God remembers them no more, why in the world should you and I be upset when Jesus says, I'll give you rest, I will grant you tranquility, I'll give you peace, I'll give you quietness, and let's experience the quietness of forgiveness. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, he said. And you and I must say, oh, to God, I wish that were true, that I could go to him when I am laboring and I'm overweighed with all manner of troubles and all manner of cares. And again, that it makes me so nervous that I feel like I'm going to explode. I'm so restless within. I just can't contain myself. I can't sleep and I'm walking the floor. And I pray, and oh God, give me an answer. Jesus says, I'll give you rest. You and I may say, I would to God that he had it. And Jesus says, I've got it. Because in the second place, he assures you and me that he's got the perfect rest of strength for the stresses in your life and mine today. When David said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? He looked in his life, and let's look again. You say, Well, it's not so much the shame of yesterday, but how about today? How many of us are weighted down? We've come to church, and again, we are just so weighted down with fear and anxiety and restlessness that we, we just can't even sit still long enough to listen. Uh, we're just ready to blow up. We're ready to explode. We say today, what, what is bothering you and me today? We may say, well, not only sickness, adversity in our home, but I wonder, could it be this, that somehow or other the two little bears that the Word of God says we ought to have in our house, that we've lost them, and the Word of God says we should bear with one another and forbear threatening, have we forgotten the two little bears? Are we no longer bearing with the weaknesses of one another in the home? And are we no longer forbearing that we're, we're threatening and we're nagging and we're saying unkind things? Is it a matter of getting along? We're not getting along in the home. Is that the problem? And we feel that we're not appreciated. We feel that we're being abused. Or is it this, that on your job tomorrow is Labor Day and you think of the job and say, oh, I hate my job. You may say, I, I just can't stand it. It's so restless. Could it be 
Could it be this that you and I have forgotten uh, that in any job there are some very distasteful things? Have we forgotten that as Christians in getting along uh, that we are Christian doormats? You think it's all roses in the ministry too? Let me assure you, friend, if you think your job is rough and you think I can't go on, you come on in the ministry for a while too. Unless you and I have learned to be doormats, to allow others to wipe their feet on us occasionally and to come up smiling, not to forbear with threatening. You and I haven't learned the secret, have we, of Christian living. And Jesus says, I don't care what it is. How about school? Kids, you don't like school. I had a father just last week come and tell me about his little boy. Went to school for the first time last week in his life, first day. And he said he came home in all seriousness. He said to me, Dad, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I want to tell you something. He said, I, I don't like school, and I don't like any part of it. One day, he was miserable, you see. He was miserable. And Jesus says, if this is what today, whatever it is today, that's making him miserable, Christ says, if you come to me, I've got the perfect rest of strength. As your day, so shall your strength be. Jesus says, I'll not let you down. I'll never put a ten-ton load on a ton-and-a-half truck. If you've got a ten-ton load, Jesus says, I'll give you that strength. And when we go to him, whatever's bothering today, whatever is making you and me so restless, just for this day, Jesus says, I've got strength for the day. And I will give you this assurance that I will be with you this day every one millionth of a second. You can lean on me, the everlasting arms. Do you know of any greater rest that can come to you and me than to lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ today? He says, I'll take that gnawing feeling of restlessness out of your soul. I'll take that gnawing, horrible, damnable nervousness out. Just remember, I'm with you every one millionth of a second. I'll not be gone one millionth of a second from you today. You just lean on the everlasting arms. Then comes peace and tranquility. Then everything is all right, and it ought to mean today then that we would say to ourselves, since again he stands and he says to me, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your load is. I don't care how weighted down you are with cares that make you so nervous that you think you're going to explode. Jesus says, I'll give you rest. I'll give you that experience of that again. Everything will be just all right. Everything just a-okay, just fine. Then we ought to say, I, I'm coming. I'm going to accept that invitation and lay at his feet. Now, therefore, all of the stresses of today and put his yoke on us as he asks us to do. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. Uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I may say, what do we have to take on? Oh, the yoke, what of the Christian life? The yoke, Jesus says, I am meek and lowly. To be meek and lowly this day, again, he was meek and lowly. He returned good for evil. There was kindness. You know, I imagine that it was a tremendous experience just to be with him when he was here on earth. You and I know some people just to be in their presence. They don't have to talk. 
We just feel better, don't we? Somehow or other, the cares of life are gone. And I'm sure that if you and I could have stood alongside of him that day there in Judea when he was saying, come and I'll give you rest, we would have said, oh God, what a relief just to be standing near him because I'm sure that our Lord radiated peace and rest and tranquility and everything was just so right. And our, again, our fears and all oh, that sense of hopelessness and that a sense of restlessness would have been gone because there was peace that he, he had and he influenced it. And when you and I take on his yoke, we find that it's a joy. It's a joy to return good for evil and the kind word and to get along and on our job tomorrow to go on the job tomorrow the next day when we go to work and to say, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to have his yoke. I'm going to do my job to the glory of God. I'm going to let God shine. And I'll assure you there will come peace because there is no job that I've ever seen or heard of. But what there are distasteful things that if you allow those things to overcome you, that again bring distress and bring misery and restlessness. There isn't any job, but oh, we've got the everlasting arms. I'll give you rest. The joy of having him every one millionth of a second this day. So we may say to ourselves, I would to God that I could believe that it matters not who I am, that what my problems are, that he has rest, that he will take away this damnable nervousness and restlessness and agitation and turmoil that I just think I can't go on. I'm going to explode. I'm going to blow my top. I, I just can't. I just can't go on. And he says, oh, why don't you come to me? And I'll give you a rest. And you and I may say again, oh, God, I wish he had it. And he says, I've got it. Because in the third place, he assures he's got the perfect rest of trustfulness as regards the fears of tomorrow. Again, we look at ourselves and David said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted? And why, what Chip said about this morning? Is it, are you afraid of tomorrow? You say, Oh, I'm ashamed of yesterday and I, I need strength for today. And I'm afraid of tomorrow. Well, there's a lot to be afraid of if you're going it alone. Isn't that right? Just pick up the front page of the paper and... God knows it certainly isn't a very nice future and there's no sense of cataloging at all. And we say, what's coming? We say, look at war and rumors of war in Vietnam and the Middle East and the race question and blowing up buildings and killing sheriffs and policemen. And we say, oh God, what, what's coming? And Jesus says, I've got the perfect rest of trustfulness. Jesus says, I've overcome the world. I am the one that rules. I am God's Son. And Christ says again, when you can, turn to me. If you're afraid of tomorrow, I'll give you the childlike trust. But just like the little child who is away with its mother visiting, and mother says you go to sleep, and tomorrow morning you'll wake up in your little bed, and the child goes to sleep in a childlike babe trust, and the next day the child wakes up in its bed as mother has planned. Jesus says, I'll take that horrible, damnable restlessness and nervousness out and I'll give you the peace of trust if you ask me that you will trust me and that Jesus and I'll assure you that because 
I am still running the world and nothing happens without my permission. There is no fate, no luck, no chance greater than I and that nothing happens, not even a leaf falls off of a tree without his will, let alone the sparrow. Jesus says, if you just trust me, I'll take that restlessness and I'll give you this peace and this tranquility that you are immortal until your plan and your mission in life is fulfilled. You know of anything that can bring greater peace within your breast and mind to know that let come what may, there isn't anything that's going to bring death to you and me until the reason why you and I are alive, that we can let our light shine, it's going to be accomplished. Well, that mission will be accomplished. That's peace and that's rest. And that's why we ought to say, I'm going to believe that invitation. I'm going to accept it. We ought to then this morning say, Oh, Lord, uh, I'm so restless. I'm going to take this restless, this horrible feeling that I've got because of the cares of life, and I'm afraid of tomorrow, and I'm, I'm going to put them at your feet, and I'm going to ask you for a childlike trust, and he will give it to you and me. Look at St. Paul. St. Paul looked out, and he wondered what was going to happen, but what did he say? He had a childlike trust in Jesus and said, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm not afraid because I've got Jesus and I've got a childlike trust in him and he's going to see me through. It isn't going to be an easy journey but it's going to be a safe one. Then we begin to experience that calmness and that serenity and that peace. Are you ready to blow your top? Are you just so excited within in such a turmoil? And are you so nervous that you are ready to explode? Jesus, standing there in Judea, he says to you and me this morning, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, why don't you come? Are you ashamed of yesterday? Bring them to me. I died for those sins. I'll forgive you. Are you just feeling that you're too weak for the stresses of today? He said, just bring them to me. I'll let you lean on the everlasting arms for today. I'll not forsake you one, one millionth of a second. And are you afraid of the Mars that just come as a child and let me get your hand and I'll see you through. No one will ever take you away from me. And then when we do that, there will come the peace that passes all understanding that the world can understand. I love the words of St. Paul. St. Paul, who had gone out to know and killed Christians and persecuted the church, and then when he was converted and carried on three tremendous missionary journeys, remember, and then he was locked up over in Caesarea on the Mediterranean, and I was in Caesarea on the Mediterranean, seeing in some of the jails that they're still standing there, what God-forsaken places to think that the Apostle Paul spent two years in chains there at Caesarea. And the time came when a King Agrippa and his wife, uh, Bernice wanted to see this man Paul that they had heard so much about him and they came over to Caesarea and I uh, relived that when I was at Caesarea and I thought I wonder where King Agrippa and Bernice where they heard Paul in chains and Paul got up you know when they came to see him they heard about and he gave a tremendous witness for Christ and what Christ meant to him 
and he went on talking about Christ and the resurrection. You know, and then it was Agrippa said, Paul, you're mad. You've got too much learning. And Paul said, I'm not mad. And he kept on and Agrippa said, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. And then Paul said, would to God, Agrippa, that you and everybody hearing me, I wish you had what I've got. I wish you felt like I feel, except these chains. In other words, Paul said, I, I can't tell you how I feel down inside. But, oh, Agrippa, I wish you had what I've got. What was it? Peace. It passes human understanding. You just can't describe it, can you? One woman said to me not long ago, I wish I could tell people the, the calmness and the serenity that I have in my heart because I have Jesus Christ. Not to be ashamed, not to be afraid. That's what Paul said, I wish you had what I've got. It passes all human understanding. And you and I can have it, you see. But they've got to come as a little babe because he's the only one that's got it. Did you ever see Thorwaldson's statue of the inviting Jesus? Thorwaldson was a famous Danish sculptor and he put into marble his conception of Jesus with his arms outstretched saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he worked desperately, and he worked long, first of all, in the clay mold. And he had Jesus with outstretched arms, looking out with tenderness. And he finished the clay mold one night, and he went to sleep. And, of course, the clay is wet. And the next morning, when he went back into his room, something had happened in the drying. The statue bent over. And, oh, he was flabbergasted. He again wondered what in the world had happened. Thor Walson thought his work was when he couldn't use that in marble and he went various ways and he looked at this statue of Jesus with the officer time leaning over and finally he started to come a little closer and he, he got on his knees and he got right under and he looked up and you see it had dried and the master was bending over like this and he got on his knees and he looked up and then he could see his eyes and he could see the tenderness, and he said, Jesus, he did this. And he cast it in marble when he chiseled it. And if you've ever seen Thor Waldson's statue of the inviting Jesus, he's leaning forward. You've got to get on your knees. And then when you look up, you can see his face, and you can see his eyes, and, and there's rest. If you and I get on our knees, you don't have to go home this morning feeling, oh God, I'm so restless, I can't go on. If you and I get on our knees and we look up at him, he will smile and say, you come to me, I'll give you rest. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's watching and waiting, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home, ye who are Weary, overloaded, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. I'll give you rest. And he will. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding, keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Thank you.